Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. I am Becky, and joining me for this quick shot of romance is Carolina. Hi, Carolina. Hey, Becky. Um, I am so excited. On this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we are reviewing Something Unexpected by Vi Keelan. This is a standalone romance with an HEA. I must preference this does have an HEA. Yeah, I, um, you emphasized that before I read the book, which I'm glad you did because, yeah. Yeah, so, um, we're going to release this. We might spoil a little. This is one of those books that we hope you'll come back to this quick shot after you've read it. Um, because there's some big things to kind of talk about in here. We don't want to give away too much, but there's some things I really want to talk about with this book. Um, I do think this is one of those books that is best to go in blind. You can read the blurb. Okay. Um, because I just reread the blurb. And after, because we just, we recently recorded, and I think it'll air um, before this. Yeah. Um, a whole episode about blurbs and content warnings and all of that. Um, I have to say, Vi Keelan writes incredible blurbs. She does. Because this is the quintessential, like, the prelude to the, or like, the setup of the book. So what you read in the blurb is what happens in the first couple chapters. So it sets up the whole story. It doesn't give anything away after you read the book um so you can read that get a sense for it and you really do go in blind um to what's about to unfold yeah it's um I went in blind Vi reached out and asked if I wanted a copy and I was like sure um she sent me the book in the mail and then sent me the e-arc I was so happy um because I mean I'm a Vi Keelan stan. Like, she writes it, I read it. Sometimes I love them, sometimes I'm like, what did I do there, sister? Um, <laughs> but overall, I just really enjoy her writing style and who she is as an author. And I will also say that this is one of her um, more emotional books, emotionally driven stories. Um, a lot like if you read Hate Notes, mm -hmm. this is a lot of the same feels and journey through throughout the story. So buckle up. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot. Summer proposal in there. It deals with some pretty heavy, heavy topics also. Um, but anyway, so we'll link the synopsis of this book in our on the shelf show notes at buzzing about romance.com. This book, something unexpected was released July 1st of 2023. It is a grumpy sunshine, single dad, Vacation fling, meet cute. Can we just real quick talk about their meet cute? <laughs> get through the get through uh, that, and we'll talk about the meet cute. Uh, second chance at love, book boyfriend material because I'm still in love with Beck, just in love. <laughs> um, and adversaries to lovers. They aren't really enemies; they're just on different sides of a um, yes of an issue. Um, did you do the? Go ahead. I would also say that he, this has, he falls first vibes. Yes. He and is, I don't want to say anything else beyond that because it would give stuff away. Um, so did you do the audio of this? No, I read the book. Um, so I was lucky enough, uh, Katie from Lyric Audio sent me over 
the audiobook and I just did some listening. It's Teddy Hamilton and Andy Arndt. And Teddy did a really great job um, voicing, you know, Beck and uh, Eleanor, Nora, our heroine. Um, I love Andy. If Andy reads it, I listen to it. I really do enjoy her narration. She does a great job. Um, Is there a third act breakup? Yes, there is. Yes. And I'm still not sure I'm over it. (laughs) Um, And content warning. This is end of life choices. There is grief and loss of loved one. Um, So let's talk a little bit about their meet cute because I talked about that. And that just, I feel like that set the tone for this book because it's kind of a two part meet cute. It is. I will also say that the meet cute after reflecting on the book and like thinking back to it provided so much depth to these characters that and set up that you didn't realize I don't think I realized and appreciated until after I finished reading the book. This like, is this is definitely one that you marinate on after you read it. Um, I made the mistake of reading it and as soon as I was done I finished it and then I went to sleep and the next morning I woke up and I made a TikTok um, with my review of it and I'm like trying to hold back tears because the more I thought about it and I you know you don't want to spoil it but you're just the words you're just like this book this story um, just anyway so let's talk about their meet cute Um, our heroine's name is Nora and our hero's name is Beck. Um, they are in a hotel lobby. I think they're in Idaho at the beginning of this. I don't remember. Somewhere in the western states. Um, but Nora is on a Tinder date. <laughs> and the guy leaves. And leaves her with the bill for a very expensive glass of whiskey. Yes. Um... And it like, then you have Beck who kind of shows up and like grumpy his ways in there, you know? Oh, yeah. And they... He feels like he needs to comment on her. Yeah. Like, because she starts yelling at the guy that's leaving <laughs> in the middle of the bar. So, that I mean, it immediately starts with kind of this adversary tension and and which is so interesting. And one of the things that um so they really go back and forth. They have such great banter that you get like like I was snickering when I was reading it. Like you get swept up into it and easy to get lost into that element of it. Um but there are things that you realize, like little breadcrumbs about their characters and who they about who they are that kind of stays as a con- constant even though they have character growth throughout the story yeah so things like um you know first Nora doesn't like like him at all um and then she starts like really observing him a lot more and she starts noticing his watch and I can't say the brand because I just, I don't, Audemars Piget watch. Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably butchering that um, versus a Rolex. And she's fancy watch. She, <laughs> it's a very, 
I mean, I went on the website. I'm like, okay, how much is this watch? They don't even list their price on the website. You have to make an appointment to get the price. That tells you how expensive the watch is. So, but she talks about in the book that like people wear a Rolex for notability right because it's flashy and other people know it and then she says this particular watch um you wear for yourself so she actually kind of was like okay that's one point for him that she didn't expect like to like him for it um and and then you also kind of realize throughout this meet cute that ends up like ends up with their fling almost like that it's a setup for a one night stand right and then that doesn't happen and when you get into kind of the reason why you start to realize how thoughtful and observant Beck is what a stand-up guy he is and where his priorities and just how good his heart is and how he thinks things out he is a businessman he's a wealthy businessman and um and I think that we see this throughout this book in different situations where, you know, his instinct is to go full force, but then he steps back and realizes that it's not always right for me to make that move forward. I it, He critically thinks things out, which I think really, I really loved, particularly when we get to the end of the book, when there's some really tough life choices that have to be made. Um, mm-hmm. But let's go to the second part of the meet cute so we can get into the rest of this. So the second part of the meet cute is the next morning he comes out of the hotel. He comes off the elevator into the lobby. And oh, and we didn't we didn't mention the whole reason he's at this hotel is because he needs to confront his grandmother and his grandmother's friend who are doing this bucket list. Um, and he is trying to put a stop to all of that. Yeah. So he comes off the elevator and there he sees Miss Nora getting her coffee. And the next thing he knows, his Graham is walking up behind him and says, oh, you met Eleanor, who is her friend she's traveling with to do this bucket list. (laughs) And part of the reason that Graham wants to do this bucket list, she has her second round of pancreatic cancer. And there's nothing that can be done. So instead of being sick from treatment, she's made the decision to live life to its absolute fullest with the time she has left. And boy, does she. The antics and the shenanigans. I mean, we're talking paragliding (laughs) and skydiving. um, Snorkeling. Snorkeling, swimming with sharks, skinny dipping on the beach. There's a whole like Nora edges her into going skinny dipping that that then some teenagers steal their clothes yes. and th- which then there's a chase to go after the clothes, which then leads to getting them arrested. The whole scene that was my one of my favorite scenes in this book was the scene in jail. <laughs> When Graham and Nora are in jail. And then they have to call Beck to to bail them out of jail. And they're in the Bahamas. He's back in New York City. Yes. And. Yeah. Um, Let's talk for just a second about Beck's daughter. Okay. Because she's adorable. Uh, Adorable. Her her name is Maddie. Um, She 
I don't I don't think he's divorced. I just think it was a relationship and they had a baby together. Was he divorced? He divorced. No, yeah, you're right. Ex-wife. Sorry. Yeah, it's ex-wife. Didn't work out. Um, they have she's super precocious and like has her own vision like for activities in life and what she wants to do so much so that there's part of it that she <laughs> she like she saw somewhere the girl scout badges and she didn't want to be a girl scout but she wanted to earn badges so her dad like and this is another part where you just fall for beck a little bit more once she's introduced and you hear this story like her dad figured out the badges and what they each needed to be so he's been helping her earn each badge and i think i mean what when we meet when we learn about the story she's got like 19 already and she needs or 32 like or something no i think there's like 75 of oh them. is there i think there's like this huge number of badges but um and yeah so she's been working her way through and earning all of these super cute badges because he shows he shows Nora a picture and he thinks she has her sash on yeah and and so she's like is she a girl scout and so it becomes this whole conversation so let's talk about Nora's character a little bit because while Beck is dynamic and he was swoony when he needed to be swoony and he's not so over the top that you're not that he doesn't like steamroll his way because there are several times in this book where he could steamroll his way through the situation and i like how vi kind of wrote him and tempered him back yeah um but let's talk about our heroine because one of the things that vi has done and she's done this in previous books she kind of deals with some big life pieces you know she doesn't shy away from the hard stuff and um in my review i or in my trope listing i didn't add She's technically a real-bodied heroine because she has scars. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't hide her scars. She's not ashamed of her scars. Um, but the way Vi writes her is she's living a parallel life to her mother. So she lost her mother when she was a young child. She was raised mostly by her stepfather, who is a great character in the book, too. Mm -hmm. And talk about a man that lives and loves his words, right? Right. So much so. Um, but and I'm not I don't want to give too much away about Nora's life and her journey. And it's really interesting. I'll add that the for a significant part of the book, I would probably say like 65 to 70 percent of the book. She's a little bit of an enigma. You get just enough that you like her. You like how she keeps Beck in his place to a certain degree. Like she doesn't let him get away with stuff. She, and and the way she does it, it makes Beck think. So it really challenges him where he doesn't get that a lot in his life. Like his brother is this happy kind of go lucky guy and things fall into place. You know, the charming younger brother. Um, but Beck really makes her think about his grandmother's choices and why she's doing things and just doesn't kind of roll over and just give up answers. Um, so for a lot of the book, you, you, you get to know her, but you, there's a lot more going on than you sense. 
And so when all of it's revealed, there's a little bit of a, and I, I let on this one, there's sometimes when you just let the author take you, like, I didn't try to overthink it and I let the story guide me. And so like you, you just didn't, I didn't anticipate some of what was real or what was going to be revealed. Okay, so I anticipated um, none of it. Like, I didn't have a guess that this is where we were going to go or this is how things were going to move and the emotions. Well, yeah, and there was a lot of, like, it was almost like role reversal in the sense that Beck became the, like, pursuer. So much more, like, we typically see heroines or female characters in that. Like, they become the ones that are like he can't wait to like talk to her again and tech there's a whole this thing like with texting and he wanted to hear from her and she wasn't responding or like he really just he really wanted you know time with her at first it was to get her in bed but then after a while it was just he wanted time with her and she kept pushing him off like she kept saying no like that's not what I want I think there's a whole thing in the book of like you know why I like tinder dates is because there's no expectations like yeah. We can get together, they can make me forget, and we move on. Like, stop cramping my style, almost kind of feel to this, because he, he kind of, he wanted just a little bit more, and she yeah. was trying to set firm boundaries, which is that role reversal, which I thought was really interesting. It really um, is, and he was definitely, I do think that plays into the he falls first vibes. Right. Because he was ready even with some unknown aspects of her life and how she was going to move forward in the world, he was willing to not, I don't want to say look past that, but he was willing to embrace that and move forward with a, a life together, whatever it could look like, whatever it was going to be, it was going to be mm -hmm. together, the two of them. And, um, there are some things that happen. Graham, you know, is definitely at end of life and that's very clear. And, um, you know, if you know anyone with pancreatic cancer, it's, it's not pretty. Right. Um, and she takes sick in at one point, I think they're in Nashville or something and Beck has to come and there's some things that happen. And in the midst of all of that, you see him just step in and take ownership of the moment and while, yes, he wants Graham to make some choices that would keep her there because she raised him and his brother. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like he. it's not like I'm going to court and ruling you, you know, incompetent. He doesn't do any of that. He really does no. listen. Um, it, it, it almost like he becomes that little boy of like, I want my grandmother. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to lose you. Um and that's hard when for anybody losing, you know, a positive parental figure in your life. Um, and there's another character in this book. It's Beck's brother, who's kind of the comedic <laughs> relief, the goofball. I love how Vikeelan gives us these kind of one-off characters that are just supposed to be the good time guy. But he ends up being so much more and so much more insightful. I really did love him. Yeah, it was kind of. It was it was this great contrast to Beck um, that it it also really because he kept I think um, the brother helped really saw 
how much Beck was pretty much falling for Nora and what that, and so what that looked like. And so he, he kind of made him vocalize it like, and, and really just have those conversations to push him. So there's a really great line that Graham states in this book that I, it's a line I'm not going to get over for a long time, I think. Um, and I think it's some of it is dealing with, you know, I've seen people at end of life in the hospice care and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, you it, it's something to hold on to. It's um, She says, you never truly die when you live in the souls of the people you leave behind. And there's a scene where Beck takes um, Nora to this little cabin in the woods that was where her grandparents oh, fell in love oh and there's gosh. the waterfall and yes. Oh. Listen, you guys, I started and stopped crying oh. in this book at least 15 times, at least 15 times. But it was, Oh, it was also a big, a big moment for them as a, a non-couple. <laughs> right. Like I think there was also comfort in somebody you care about. But also, like, knowing that this was just, like, a weekend trip. But you you hear some stories about Graham and her husband that just, like, I'm not going to say anything more than that. Because they're, it, talk about incredible love. Yeah. Um, it was and, also a little bit of foreshadowing without you realizing it. Yes. Um, and... It just, oh, so deep. So the, deep. This book pulls you into all of your feels. You know, the thought of soulmates and your heart belonging to somebody else and, you know, looking at your own mortality and how what you want to leave in the world. You get in that grand love that sometimes it's just mm-hmm. simple of holding your hand when you don't feel good. Right. So, um... Anyway, I don't want to spoil anything else in this book. I feel like we talked good enough about it that we didn't really give any big, big things away. If you listen to it and haven't read the book, like you 1000% need to read, listen, whatever this book, like do it. It's got big feels, highly recommend it. It's probably, I've got like two or three books that are like my top reads and this book makes this list like yeah there's one other book that um was hit sitting clear at my tops and it was your book of the week um for our blurb episode um and we did a quick shot it's uh um for the love of whiskey for the love of whiskey yeah that was my top read of the year and then i read this book and now i'm like what is happening why are you doing this to me but it's just, it's one of those books that it's, you read it and you're like, I needed this so much. Like, it I, reminds I, me why I love romance. Yeah. It's the story. It's the emotions it lists. It, it's the, the feelings of passion, sometimes in that moment of darkness. Romance helped me mm-hmm. get through some really tough things, you know, when my boy child was sick. And so... You know, these feels are things that you need just to kind of ground yourself. And this book is one of those that's like, hold it up, because this is why romance is amazing. Well, and it's one of those because you have rom-coms that bring levity and, you know, make you laugh 
And this one just brings these deep emotional feels that sometimes you want to get into that and have you look at life in not, I want to say in a different way, in a bigger way. And at the same time being a more simplistic way, like is so it just makes you think a lot. And yeah, I, this is one that I will, you think about for sure. Yeah. Like for weeks after. For a long time. Um, do you have a title you think we should review for a quick shot of romance? Send us an email to the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. Carolina, thank you so much for joining me for this quick shot of romance. Absolutely. Um, until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 